Hello and welcome to Series 3 of the Female Athlete Podcast. We're dedicated to opening up the conversation around female physiology and women's health around sport and exercise. So join us as we open up the conversation. Thank you to our title sponsor for this season, Umi Health. Now, Georgie and Jess, you'll already know, but I've personally signed up to Umi's free online course called Essentials by Umi. And I've been blown away by how much easily digestible and useful information there was all in one place um, around the topics to do with pelvic health, such as the core, to cooing, sex, and of course, information all around the pelvic floor, from its function to its anatomy and lots of muscle exercises. There's another membership option as well called Umi Plus, um, which covers even more information about pregnancy and postnatal. And it's just amazing how this life-changing information is all at your fingertips. And it's for the price of a smoothie each month. Arm yourself with the knowledge you deserve to understand your body better and exercise in a way that is mindful of your long-term pelvic health. Come join the revolution at umi-health.com. That's U-M-I health.com. So today we are delighted to welcome onto the podcast the team from Umi Health. As you'll know from our previous episodes, Umi are our title sponsors for this season and we feel we nicely align with their vision and mission of empowering and educating women about their bodies. Um, Umi are a startup company and have created an incredibly resourced one-stop hub for all things pelvic health through their website umi-health.com. Umi are empowering, educating and uplifting women through their evidence-based and easily digestible online courses, ebooks, interactive webinars and blogs. So welcome to the podcast, two of their co-founders, Helen and Elizabeth. Hello, thanks so much for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. No problem. Okay, so... um, as I mentioned, guys, you're just, um, yeah, a recent startup and how's it all been going? Can you tell us a bit about yourselves and how Umi came to be? And yeah, when you kind of realised that um, you were going to turn this into a worthwhile business venture? Yeah, so we are still really new, which I, I kind of forget because we were kind of dreaming about this what for what feels like so long. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm Helen and I'm a pelvic health physio. Um, and I've been doing it for quite well, a little while now, for about 13 or 14 years. Um, and in my line of work, I would obviously treat a lot of pelvic health conditions. Um, and just over the years, you know, it would be very obvious that there are very simple things that, regarding the pel- our pelvic health that could have been put in place that women just weren't being told and weren't being educated on. Um, and you know so many women if I had a pound for every time someone said oh why didn't somebody tell me that sooner or I wish I'd known that before and so it kind of I guess my motivation and passion and commitment for UMI has kind of like was kind of years in the making I guess now I look back at it Um, but yeah so we wanted to get as much information out there as possible um so when we launched last year we had a relatively small offering um and we're just basically growing more and more which is really exciting we've got really good plans for this year and for next year um and then actually when we launched because it was of course right in the middle of 2020 which is a short year that we're never going to (laughs) forget um and actually we well we had kind of sat down to work on it for about a year before we actually launched so you know it was already 
recorded and written and everything was kind of set in motion the branding oh my goodness the branding took so long um you know when you're trying to think up a name for what you want to do it just is like one of those things but anyway um and so then of course the pandemic hit and so it, it just so happened that actually you know that actually motivated us on more because we thought we well we were always going to be an online educational hub anyway and kind of growing that community of support for women um but then even more so when services or the access to services were reduced really significantly um then we were just really pleased to be able to kind of step in at that point and then just to well just to really help as many women as possible and i'm elizabeth um i'm a fitness coach and similar to helen really sort of i was meeting so many women in my line of work who were you know telling me about symptoms that they weren't sure whether these symptoms were sort of a normal part and parcel of having had a child or not and so many of these clients that I was working with had never heard of pelvic health physiotherapy even so you know I was actually seeing Helen as my treating physio after um, having had babies and we just got talking. We're like, we've got to do something about this. There is so much information that could be life-changing for so many people. Um, and yeah, it kind of went from there really. And it, it really has been fueled by a lot of passion that we have to sort of just change the status quo around this. We're really excited though to sort of see how the community is growing and to realize that we were you know our hunch was right that there is a thirst for this information and getting those sorts of um like nuggets of feedback from people saying just how life-changing it has been to employ some simple strategies for self-efficacy um that kind of confirms to us that you know we were right to do this uh so yeah we can't wait to see where it goes yeah. yeah, I think, sorry, just, just one more thing to add, like one of our um, our main things is basically the information that we give out is evidence-based and trustworthy. And that was actually another really big piece behind getting UMI out there because at the moment there's, you know, you can drown in information basically if you look on social media and like it's really, really good. And there are so many credible sources of information out there. Um, but we just wanted to really make sure that, people could trust where they were coming to with UMI as well, because, well, we all know in terms of, you know, influencers and lots of followers can sometimes get mistaken for qualifications when people are giving advice. So we just kind of wanted to make, yeah, it easy, but also evidence-based and, yeah, reliable, I guess. Yeah, I mean, firstly, like, I think what you're doing is amazing. And I think it's so obviously so in parallel to what we're doing and we're really really passionate about which is super cool that you are um sponsoring our season um i also love the fact that everything you do is evidence-based because that again is like totally our mission too to effectively avoid the need for dr google but to actually provide the sort of one-stop shop and hub of information where people can learn more which i just think is so important um i also agree in the last year i think it's been so interesting interesting to see how many more people are really wanting to understand more about their health and actually like wanting to ask those questions and actually providing them with the answers is obviously um such a great platform that you've got 
Um, I've also personally in my kind of day job seen a lot more athletes asking more about pelvic floor health and trying to understand more how they can, um, I guess, just like look after themselves better, whether it's that they want to have children further down the line, whether it's that they already have children or whether they're just wanting to be aware and they've heard whisperings of this thing, but still don't really understand, I guess, what it is. Um, so I from your perspective like if I was to come to you and I had no idea of this area and say what is pelvic health why is it important like could you give our listeners a bit more of an understanding about this please yeah sure so well where, where do we start <laughs> basically in a very simplified form our pelvic health is and this might sound obvious but it's anything that affects our pelvis so the pelvis is of course in the middle of our body so when we kind of put our hands on our hips we're actually putting our hands on our pelvis. So in that bottom area of our core, there's so many things going on down there. So we have obviously some joints and we have our bladder and our bowels and our reproductive organs, um, lots of soft tissue, like muscles and ligaments and our nerves. So it's kind of a real important keystone in the body. And a lot of, because it's such a significant part of the core, Actually, a lot of movements, for example, kind of are initiated from in and around the pelvis and the pelvic floor is a really important part of our core. So we would maybe argue the most important. Um, but, you know, and then in theory, every movement that we do is then layered on from the core. Um, so to have good pelvic health, you would almost not be aware of your pelvis. And we often, I think, would take it for granted um, that our daily pelvic health habits such as going to the toilet um, or remaining continent when we're doing exercise for example you know we just kind of take these things for granted and don't think about them normally which is great um, and then there's also actually a big link between pelvic health and mental health because a lot of pelvic health complaints that come up such as sexual difficulties or prolapse or leaking or nerve pain or vulvodynia like a lot of these conditions that affect our pelvic health are still also seen as quite taboo and another big reason why we're doing umi um but you know it also has a big effect on people's self-esteem and we appreciate as well that people can find it hard to talk about these things so we kind of hope to for some people we obviously do not replace seeing a doctor or a pelvic health physio but we kind of hope that maybe for those women that do find it tough that it is really affecting their mental health that if they can come to UMI and get a bit, bit more information maybe a bit more confidence and hopefully we can empower them to then know where to head or you know kind of take that first step to get on the right path because it just has such a huge impact on not only the pelvic structures but then you know kind of the whole rest of the body really. What do you think it is about you know society as a whole that makes it a taboo I suppose um, or has been sort of uh, positioned in that kind of line um, as that makes this topic quite difficult to approach and what do you think you know needs to change within society so people become aware of it and can just you know walk up to someone and say oh my, my pelvic health isn't good or I need to see someone about this um, you know so I suppose two questions in there for you. <laughs> I mean I think you know the sort of symptoms that people will experience with pelvic floor dysfunction, you know, incontinence, whether that's urinary, fecal or wind, 
um, prolapse, so bulging coming out of your vagina or inside your vagina, uh, uncomfortable sex, pain during sex, these are things that people might kind of consider private matters, you know, your toileting, that's a private matter, your sex life, that's a private matter. And so I think that then filters through that when someone experiences symptoms that kind of have those elements to them, it's not just about taboo, it's also sort of people feel ashamed, people feel so deeply embarrassed that their body is doing something that is unusual, um, you know, and then our messaging around that, that sort of, it's common, but it's not normal. That's a message that's there to help, but then people feel, oh, I'm not normal, you know, so it's such a delicate and loaded thing um what we then see though you know on the other end of the spectrum we have kind of the humor you know humor is such a useful tool isn't it for dealing with uncomfortable feelings or things that you're maybe embarrassed about so then we've got on the other end that kind of laughing it off oh i wet myself on the trampoline with my children um you know and neither of them really helps the conversation because on the one hand we've got people not talking about it and on the other hand we've got people talking about it but laughing laughing it off so I guess we're putting out this education and that's one piece of it but I suppose we rely on all of our community and, and people everywhere to sort of have those conversations with friends with relatives you know, be open about things that you might be experiencing because the statistics will show that in your friendship groups, in your families, others are experiencing those things too. And only, I guess, by starting to have those conversations, not just at a sort of higher level as an organisation like we are, but also sort of on smaller scales that can filter through and can be really powerful to change things up, I think. Yeah. When you sort of broach those topics, do you do you get like a mixed bag in terms of response? Do you get some people who are like, yes, this is my problem. And then some people who are like, oh, no, I'm definitely not talking about that. Um, or would you say it's somewhere in the middle? Yeah, it's a it's a mixed one for my clients. I send out a screening form. So, you know, that kind of opens the conversation, I guess. Um and I'll definitely have some people who will have sort of ticked a box to say that they leak urine when they cough or laugh or pick up something heavy, who then during the conversation when I'm sort of asking them more about that, they they maybe won't want to talk about it. And I guess there are going to be sort of feelings of discomfort and we have to be careful how we tread, don't we? And sort of from my perspective, I'm there to signpost. I'm not there to diagnose people. I can tell people about pelvic health physio and how that can be really, really effective and helpful. But ultimately, sort of people have to feel like it's something that they do want to explore and be assessed and try to address. And I think yeah I can't speak for everybody but I think there is definitely an element with some people that they just don't you know they don't they don't want to deal with it um so I guess what we can do from our perspective is spread the message that if you're experiencing these things it's never too late to sort of um seek out some help and the means by which people can seek out that help and spread the message that almost certainly something can be done to improve those symptoms you're experiencing if that is an outcome you would like 
maybe not everybody will want that, but it's also spreading the message that, and this is the balance because we don't want to scare people, but if you're experiencing these issues now, the evidence doesn't suggest that they're going to magically resolve by themselves. And the evidence doesn't suggest that they're going to kind of improve over time. So, you know, maybe the occasional incontinence that you're happy to tolerate now when you're postmenopausal may, may be more of a problem. It might not, but it's about opening up that more long-term conversation as well as to how our bodies change over time and what that can mean from a pelvic health perspective too. What, what would you say are the most common issues that people come to you with or, or that people want UMI, UMI's different membership types for? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, well, because we, we cover so much in our content, um, but I would say we often get asked about pelvic floor tension. Um, so really trying to help to increase that flexibility in the pelvic floor rather than squeezing. Because um, a lot of pelvic health messaging in the world is all about squeezing the pelvic floor. Whereas if you already have tension in your pelvic floor, then actually squeezing or doing Kegels are just going to make that worse. Um, so they would be ladies that, for example, have problems with having sex. So they might find penetration really, well, impossible sometimes, or if not difficult or painful. Um, and that's not always related to sex. It can be, you know, hard to use a tampon or um, a menstrual cup, um, or even when they go to have their smear test done, that can be really uncomfortable too. Um, so I'd say tension is a is a really, really common one. Um, and then, yeah, I guess... Just on the tension one, do you think athletes who are obviously like not necessarily toned in that area, but would you say generally athletes who are more just con continually working out to be as like toned and conditioned as possible, would you say they're more prone to that? Well, anecdotally, I would say yes. Um, so I actually specialize in sports, so I would have seen a lot of female athletes in the years, but so as I... Yeah, I would say yes. There's no kind of research and evidence as yet to kind of back that up wholly. Um, but I think as well, that's where kind of education around the core muscles is lacking as well, because, and I've even done like a qualification, like I'm a qualified CrossFit instructor as well, but, you know, only at a very basic level, but some of the strength and conditioning stuff that I've done, it still doesn't ever really cover the pelvic floor. Um, yeah. So I know that they're, like a lot of athletes out there who still have no clue about their pelvic floor. Um, and I mean, it's definitely not all bad. I remember the GB rowers, like they are actually really clued up about their pelvic floor. Um, and that has been the case for years. So they kind of start their training with, can you do a pelvic floor squeeze? Yes or no. And you can only move on to the next step when you've completed the previous step. Mm -hmm. um, so some disciplines, I think they are definitely the minority. Um, but yeah. some are increasing their awareness but it's also really interesting because actually if you are an elite athlete for example or even just a really frequent exerciser you are more likely to leak so mm. there are these stats that do support actually that exercising women do notice more pelvic health complaints than non-exercising women mm. um, but yet the information and the education just still isn't really out there I guess it's also cause and effect because if you're pushing yourself really hard, then you're probably more likely to leak 
anyway aren't you like i've I'm, i've definitely got friends who have and we actually collect it as part of our screening process are okay like it's not uncommon at all to see that um i just think I mean, again, what you're doing is great because I think there just needs to be that mission of education. Like, this is something we need to think about too. Like, I guess we're really trying to increase awareness around the menstrual cycle, but actually it's female health in general. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really great to see what you're doing. And would you would you say it's, like, easy for... I mean, you've explained from the rowing perspective what um, they do around, like, a step-by-step process, but would you say it's easy to address, relatively speaking? Yeah, it, it, it honestly is. Um, so even though the conditions around pelvic health are quite varied and quite multifaceted, actually the principles of treatment that underpin and underline many of these conditions genuinely is really, really simple. Um, so in clinic, for example, I would see so many women of lots of different problems, but like fundamentally, I all I would get them all back to thinking about their breathing first. So just simply taking kind of deeper breaths, get their diaphragm moving and then teaching them a good pelvic floor squeeze. Um, and, you know, it, even just those two simple steps can actually often just see improvements on, on their own. Um, so it really genuinely is simple. And that is another reason why we wanted to do UMI because it's kind of, I remember us having the conversation and when we started saying, like, how do we let women know that we've got information that they that they need to know but they just don't know they need to know it yet you know it's kind of like because it's so easy and so simple and actually loads of the tips that we give in our content they are all really easy they are really simple they pretty much all don't cost anything to do um, and we try to make them all really easy to fit into their day as well so for example if you're talking about breathing for example yes you could go and lay down for five minutes if you wanted to but you don't have to it's just about breathing with awareness when you're I don't know putting the kettle on or on your commute or well not that we commute anymore but you know like just kind of when you're doing your day-to-day things but just slightly changing how you're doing things so not to overburden or not to overwhelm um but yeah so sorry to answer your question simply yes it's really simple (laughs) and just before um I kind of asked the question about the array of topics that you guys cover with your kind of umi free and essentials and umi plus um memberships i we all always well not always but often get um messages in um from different women and a lot of the time it's about urinary incontinence and i just wanted to ask i know this we could go into this and talk about it for a long time but if an athlete was suffering with that type of problem um is it all connected to the pelvic floor and again would that be um a solution that you would recommend to, to someone suffering from that type of thing to kind of strengthen their pelvic pelvic floor muscles is it quite a simple fix as well so um with urinary incontinence it could be strength of the pelvic floor but it could be about the athlete's strategy when they're performing a particular task because if you think the pelvic floor muscles are having to give support against the intra-abdominal pressure that's being created with any particular task so we'd be looking obviously helen would be assessing all of this and she'd be the one that I'd send someone to to say how is their pelvic floor strength but from my perspective I'd be looking at what their strategy is so when they're performing that task are they doing a vasalva are they breath holding are they pulling their tummy muscles in tight what's their position like 
all of these things can contribute to how that intra-abdominal pressure is created and how it's distributed. So what can we do to sort of offload those pelvic floor muscles a little bit? What can we get that person to change? And again, like Helen said, it can be quite simple. It can be, okay, I noticed that this athlete does it like this. Can you try it like this? How does that feel? Did you experiencing leaking? Did you experience leaking? Yes, I still did. Okay, let's try something else. Oh, actually, that time I didn't experience leaking. You know, it's going through it. And I think just tying in with that, oftentimes what happens someone experiences leaking so actually what they do they tense up they're so desperate to stop that leak from happening that they grip their pelvic floor they tense up they're maybe breath holding because they're waiting for it to happen again that is probably not going to be helpful in terms of the the pressure that those pelvic floor muscles are having to meet and in terms of the endurance of those pelvic floor muscles because they're going to get tired as well so we've got extra pressure now and we've got fatigue through the pelvic floor muscles so what happens they leak and then the cycle happens again so oftentimes if we can get the person to relax to breathe to use their diaphragm and to just you know get everything moving um, naturally they will notice an improvement straight off the bat. Um, so yeah, it, it can be about strength, but quite often it can be about strategy as well. So what would you guys say? Um, well, what would can you just give us an overview of um, all the things that you do, the topics that you do cover with, with your different memberships on UMI? And obviously it's not just urinary incontinence. It's, it's not just pelvic floor muscle strength or exercises. It's, it's so much more. So could you give us a, a brief kind of overview of everything that you do cover? Okay, so we have a completely free membership called UMI Free. Um, and this gives uh, members access to our foundation course, which is Essentials by UMI. And that is an online course for women at all life stages covering, as the name suggests, all the essentials of pelvic health. So we have um, over 70 minutes of video content um, divided into eight modules. And we cover the core, the pelvic floor, breathing, sex, pooing, periods, exercising as a woman and pelvic health physiotherapy. So it's packed full of information and it is completely free. And we wanted to make that course free because we want to get this information to as many people as possible. Our UMI Plus membership builds on essentials. It gives you access to all of our additional content, which is growing all the time. So our other online courses, we currently have Pregnancy by UMI and Postnatal by UMI, which both are packed full of information on pelvic health through those significant life chapters where we're undergoing many physiological changes and challenges, how we can support our pelvic health during those chapters. Um, we have two other courses joining those courses this year we have menopause by umi and run by umi which are going to be incredible courses um, again we have seen a need to get information about those particular topics out there so we are doing just that and we can't wait to launch those courses 
Our UMI Plus membership also gives you access to our UMI guides. They're a bit like eBooks. We release one a month and they give us an opportunity to just delve a little bit deeper into discrete topics. So for example, we've got leak-free impact on there. We've got a guide on pelvic girdle pain. We've got um, a guide on postnatal planning. We've got so many good topics and we kind of respond to member feedback in creating those guides. So what people tell us they want we get to work and we put those um, little guides together and each time we release a guide we host a webinar um, on our website where we answer our member questions um, so that is a fantastic resource as well and UMI Plus members can dip into our full library of uh, UMI live webinars and watch those and kind of um, learn from that as well. So we've got so much content and UMI Plus costs just £4.50 a month. Um, you know, when we were discussing our pricing structure, it was really important to us that cost shouldn't be a barrier because so many people need this information. And we didn't want to have a hefty price tag on it because we knew that for a lot of people, that would mean that they can't get this information. So, you know, that's what we've done. We've priced it at £4.50. Um, whether, you know, that was the right or wrong strategy, maybe people hear £4.50 and think, oh, I'm not going to get a lot for that. It's not true. You get so much. <laughs> we want to make, you know, we want to really want to make this as accessible as possible. So, you know, £4.50, no minimum tie-in. You can join for a month, hoover it all up and then leave and it will be the best £4.50 you have ever spent in your life, I'd wager. So that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us as we open up the conversation around female physiology and women's health to do with sport and exercise. Thanks again to our title sponsors for this series, UMI Health. UMI is your go-to one-stop hub for all things pelvic health. Come join the revolution at umi-health.com.